Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. To our guests, thank you so much for being with us here on the 4th of July weekend. We do have a guest reception. We'd love to spend a little time with you just to kind of get an idea of what this church is all about. We're all about missions, about reaching everyone, no matter who they are, and that everyone is important. No matter how small they are, they're important. Their voice matters. Amen. Amen. Well, happy 4th of July. So I thought I'd get a 4th of July message. I thought that would be kind of appropriate here. So, and then after I'm done, there's going to be fireworks behind me. I know. My dreams. If only we could have more fireworks. We'd, we'd be, do, be amazing. Um, in a letter from John Adams, um, who became the second president of the United States of America, uh, he wrote to his wife. This was uh, before he became president. Uh, her name was Abigail Adams. And on the second day of July, 1776, this is a letter he's writing to him, will be the most memorable epoch, epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, and sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent and to the other. And from this time forward, forevermore. This will become a celebration that will be illuminated from one end of the continent to the very next. Of course, the Second Congress approved to pursue independence from British rule on July 2nd, but adopted the Declaration of Independence uh, on July 4th, which became the Day of Independence we celebrate and became a federal holiday back in 1870. So John Adams was off by two days. The holiday has been celebrated since its inception, but it's interesting John Adams' language forever. Because forever is a long time. John Adams must have been exaggerating the celebration, will continue forever. But it's not unusual to exaggerate something will last forever, especially when you're dealing with governments. Dictators love to exaggerate and their successors and how long they rule. And one particular dictator, uh, one very famous one by the name of Saddam Hussein, boasted how his reign would last forever. Unfortunately for him, he was sorely wrong. It is similar to other dictators or nationalists that we believe their nation will last forever. Hitler believed his Third Reich would last a thousand years, but sadly for him, it only lasted 12 years. Empires do not last forever. Governments fall eventually. However, this concept that it will reign forever keeps coming up. This for eternity, this, this, this forever. Why? And I think it's best understood if we look at Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, verse 1. And um, it's quite a bit of reading here, but I think it's all right. So verse 1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. 
a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has a worker from his toil? I have seen the busyness God has given to the children of men to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Now watch this. This is the net version. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He has also established in man an impulse leading beyond that which is temporal towards something that is eternal. It lies in his nature not to be contented with the temporal, but to break through the limits which draws around him, to escape from the bondage and the disquietude within which he is held among the ceaseless changes of time, to console himself by directing his thoughts to eternity. In fact, the impulse of a man shows that his innermost wants cannot be satisfied by that which is temporal. He is a being limited by time, but at his most innermost nature, he relates to eternity. It is not enough for a man to know that everything has happened, has divinely ordained time. There is an instinct peculiar to his nature impelling him to pass beyond this fragmentary knowledge to a comprehended eternity. But his effort is in vain, for man is unable to reach unto the work which God has accomplished from the beginning to the end. Theologian Tomasino. This idea of eternity, this idea of immortality. Countless stories, hundreds of cultures are dealing with immortality, the gift of living forever. The idea finds itself even in one of the oldest stories found written and preserved. Written and preserved, that's the key, key word there, written and preserved. The Bible is pretty old there. The Epic of Gilgamesh. It's found 500 miles from where I was born, about a hero who finds himself in declining health as years go by. And to prevent his demise, he goes into, I mean, he goes to an immortal being and asks how he too can have immortality. Because even 4,000 years back, they struggle with this concept of eternity, of forever, of immortality. This idea of finding the secret to long life. Immortality permeates our culture. It is a thought that every human has had who's ever existed. How do I live forever? We term, another term we hear in legends is the elixir of life, which is set to give its drinker immortality. The elixir has hundreds of names. One scholar of Chinese history reported he found 1,000 names among different cultures. Among them, Kimia, Amrat Ras, Amrita, Abe Hayet, Meharas, Abe Hawain, Dancing Water, Chazmake Kasar, Mansur Ovor, The Pool of Nectar, 
Somaras, and more famously, the Philosopher's Stone. The name for a potion that not only would give you immortality, but also turn all metal into gold. A potion people have searched for centuries, dedicating their entire lives to discover the secret ingredients needed to make the concoction for immortality. What is being craved, what they want, what they keep thinking about. Immortality. Staying alive and young forever. The elixir of life being pursued by most cultures because the idea of living forever is embedded in all of us. It is in our hearts. A prime example of this is with Hollywood actors and actresses. They work incredibly hard to move up the food chain. And once they reach the pinnacle in their careers, they will do everything they can to stay power uh, with their power to stay at the top. That means doing whatever is necessary to look young as if they haven't aged, because there is their attempt to capture immortality. Maybe if I have enough plastic surgery, I can stay young longer. Maybe if I put enough product on myself, people won't notice and will look at me and say, wow, they have not aged one bit and they have not succumbed to old age. They have defeated time itself and they're gonna live forever. Sort of ridiculous. The beauty and care industry is trying to capture immortality. They're trying to prevent you from aging because wrinkles are a sign that you do not have immortality. They're a sign that you are dying a slow death and your time here is closing too fast. Can I tell you something? God doesn't mind wrinkles. God likes you the way you look. You never get pressure from God to change the way you look. That's always external forces. So let's be, weird. let's be real about that, okay? That's not from God. God says, I designed you the way I like. You're perfect in my eyes. You don't have to change your look for me. And it doesn't matter because you're going to get an impressionable body. An uncorruptible body. So getting old and trying to cover it up because you do not have immortality. Please don't tell people your real age. That's not from God. Nowhere in the scripture I say, and when you go around in a community event, please don't tell people your age. That's, that's our culture. That's forces going against the scriptures. God doesn't mind you getting old. But however, no much, no, how much product we use or how many chemicals we use and everything we can, it doesn't matter because eventually it all stops working. Time does catch up. You will eventually get old. And Brother Moss is a great example of that. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. He's okay. He's very confident who he is. He's, he's, he's going to be just fine. The question people are avoiding when they're pursuing immortality 
is the one they don't want to ask themselves is, what happens when I die? The thought scares people. Instead of dealing with death and mortality, they find themselves talking about living forever. And I get it because he's put eternity in our hearts. We can't shake it. We can't get rid of it. We know we should live forever. And that was the original plan. We were to live forever. But sin entered the world by disobedience of Adam and Eve. And death was a consequence outside of God's plan. Death was never God's plan. His purpose was for us to live forever, was to have immortality. And that concept is inside each and every one of us. And now we find ourselves dreaming of a life that will never end. And I think Paul kind of touches this concept kind of as he writes to the Corinthian church. Now, this is what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in a blinking of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. And for this perishable body must be put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. Now, when this perishable puts on the imperishable and this mortal puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will happen. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? So you will have immortality. No longer do we have to fear death or adopt the cheap version of immortality the world offers because we can find rest that we can find immortality the one who's always had immortality. No longer is time our enemy. Jesus has taken care of that. I'd like to look at a passage here because you see Jesus, and the entire time Jesus is walking around in the Gospels, he keeps offering immortality. And people are a little too dense. They don't get it. And one example is John chapter 4. And here is chapter 7. Here's, he's talking to the women at the well, a Samaritan woman. For some of you who don't know the history, she, um, the Jews don't like the Samaritans. They're half-breeds. They're, they're a mix of cultures. Um, they've given up the true ways. Uh, so there's a lot of prejudice here for this woman. On top of that, she's had multiple husbands. Um, and so she's not very the most outstanding character in the community. Nobody would be going to this woman and, and uh, having her leave a PTA meeting. Okay, so this is somebody you would not want to deal with. This is somebody you would avoid. And ultimately, she's powerless. She has no voice. And, um, and so here we are, verse 7. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, um, and Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. For his disciples had gone off into town to buy supplies. And sometimes Jesus gets rid of us because... You know, we can't deal with the people he's trying to send our way. He says, you know what? Why don't you go buy something at the grocery store? Go to the local Acme. I'm going to send somebody here that you're going to have a problem with. And he does that with disciples. So he's doing that with the disciples right now. He sent all 13 of them to grab uh, uh, some bread. 13 people to grab one piece of loaf. So that's, that, that, that tells you what he's trying to do here. 
He's just like, goodbye. So the Samaritan woman said to him, how can you, a Jew? So she, she even sees the cultural problems here. A Jew asked me, a Samaritan woman, for, drink, uh, for water to drink. For the Jews use nothing in common with the Samaritan. So even if I give you this cup, it's automatically unclean. Now you've defiled yourself. You can't even go to your temple to worship. And Jesus answered her, if you had known the gift of God and who it is you said, who said to you, give me water to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman has no idea what Jesus is offering her. She's interested in water and Jesus is offering her immortality. She's interested in avoiding the crowds and the bullies, and Jesus is trying to give her eternity. She's interested where she won't be thirsty anymore, and here is God saying, I can give you something better than that. She's, current, she's concerned about dying alone, and Jesus is giving her companionship for eternity. Because we will have eternity not by ourselves, but with him. We don't have to fight for it. We don't have to get a treasure map and go to multiple countries to find the secret ingredient to immortality. Jesus is offering it that anyone who is willing to listen and hear, I will give you immortality. It's very simple. If you receive my spirit with evidence of speaking with other tongues, and as the Lord speaks through you and you have the spirit inside of you, you will go ahead and participate in mortality. When you take on my name in Jesus' name, as you get baptized under those waters, you will become part of the group who will inherit immortality. He's willing to give you immortality if you will accept it. Will you accept immortality or is the world's version of immortality more appealing? All they can give you is a cheap version. And I promise you, it won't last. Death is very predictable. No one can avoid it. But there is an option. We can inherit immortality. If I could have someone come to the music. So here's Jesus walking around, giving the elixir of life, and people are refusing it because here's the problem with immortality with Jesus. It comes with conditions. It can only be accomplished through him. And for some of us, it's easier to go under surgery, after surgery, after product, after product, chasing immortality, than to go through Jesus Christ. For some of us, it's easier to go to the mosquito-infested jungles, looking for the elixir of life, risking death and dismemberment, than to go to Jesus Christ, the real ingredients to immortality. Will you accept Jesus' immortality? No longer do you have to fear death. No longer do you have to see time 
as your enemy. I'm not going to have enough time to do everything I need to do. That doesn't matter. You have eternity. But it's ultimately through him. It's ultimately to the immortal. Eternity in our hearts. Eternity in our hearts. Sung a story um, about uh, one of my customers. Uh, he got in a car accident, and um, when the doctors, the doctors said, "I have good news and bad news. You broke a simple bone; it can be fixed, but it looks like you have bone cancer. You got six months to live." So he went home. And he told me, which I thought was fascinating. I've never, we've talked about God and I've, you know, he kind of knows what I do. And uh, he said, isn't this a gift? God has given me six months to take care of my affairs before I leave this world. Because if I didn't have the car accident, it would have been unexpected. But God in his mercy gave me six months to make sure everything is in order and taken care of before I leave this world. Tomorrow is not promised. I think sometimes we forget that. But if we're in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if it's not promised. It doesn't matter if the world falls apart. It doesn't matter if I lose my life because I'm not going to lose my life. I will inherit eternity with him. It's amazing these people who are searching for immortality and the elixir of life. They had no idea. All they had to do was go right down the street and open up their Bible. And Jesus was already available, giving them immortality. You can have it. It's yours. You don't have to fight for it. We could all stand. The elixir of life. The elixir of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love you, Jesus. I pray, God. Timely reminder, Jesus, God, that I am ultimately go through you, Jesus. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear what's around me, Jesus, because my comfort, my strength, my peace comes from you. And Lord, please don't let me chase this world's idea of immortality Please, Lord, don't let me walk up the ladder and find myself on top of a building, God, and find myself that I've been on the wrong building this entire time. Help me, Jesus, to climb where you want me to climb, God. Help me, God, to commit my life to what you want me to commit my life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help me, Jesus, to go through you. I know there's conditions with you, God. You got to do it your way. 
Sometimes I don't like doing it your way. It seems like my way is better, even though my life is a mess, God, and everything's falling apart. I'm still stubborn enough to think that maybe I could fix it on my own. And you keep reminding me once again that you're not going to accomplish this by your own strength. It's only through me and me alone. I have to go through you, Jesus. Whatever those conditions might be, whatever you require of me, whatever you want me to give up and accept, I will inherit eternity and immortality with you, Jesus. And is that such a hard price to pay, God, in the grand scheme of things? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Nothing lasts forever. Unless it's in you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, my life is a mess, Jesus. Oh, I need you to put my affairs in order, Jesus. I've tried it to do it on my own for too long, Jesus, and I've just made a complete mess of things. I have to go through you, Jesus. I have to go through you, Jesus. Oh, I will accept whatever conditions you have, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. If you want to walk down these altars and taste immortality, please come down. Maybe you want to pray in your pews. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, precious Jesus, precious Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, you have something better for me, Jesus. You have something better for me. Oh, my life is a mess, Jesus. My life is a mess, Lord. Aren't you tired of doing it your way? Oh, I'm tired of doing it my way, Jesus. Oh, I'm tired of God doing my things my way, God. Oh, it's through you, Jesus. It's through you, Jesus. It's through you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Oh, 